Welcome to the Entrepreneur Cheat Code, the podcast where we discuss all things online business acquisitions. Have you ever wanted to own a profitable YouTube channel? My guest today is William Beard. He is a man of many talents with a background in marketing, trading, consulting, and investing. In today's episode, we're going to discuss his current investing strategy of buying and building YouTube channels. William dives into how to automate a YouTube channel, how to prepare your channel for an exit, and the key metrics that buyers should perform due diligence on for a potential channel acquisition. Stay tuned. All right, y'all. So let's go ahead and get to it. Billy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. All right. So I have been very excited about having you on the show and uh, diving into our conversation. So why don't you just uh, kick it off, give us a little bit about your background and bio. Yeah. So my name is William Beard. I go by Billy. And my background is actually in uh, marketing and advertising. Uh, So I played college football at Middle Tennessee State University, uh, graduated with a degree in concrete industry management. So completely different things. Um, Thought I was going to be an NFL player, then thought I was going to be an attorney, then I thought I was going to be into tech and software, but I ended up getting into into construction. And um, during construction, uh, I was working in corporate. I realized I didn't actually want to be in the in the corporate world. I was an entrepreneur at heart. Uh, I, w- I was selling one of those kids selling candy in elementary school. And um, I quit my job cold turkey and, and started trading full time. I was trading stocks and crypto at this time. This was like 2016. So people were still kind of like, what is what is Bitcoin? What is what is XRP? What is Litecoin? And um, made some good money doing that. And that's how I kind of fed myself. And then I realized that instead of worrying so much about me and and how I can build generational wealth, I should start teaching other people how they can build generational wealth. Because if you give enough people what they want, you'll eventually get what what you want. And uh, I started this program called Investors Bootcamp and started teaching people how to trade, teaching them financial literacy. And um, then I I started teaching. So the the offer evolved, right? Then I started teaching experts and influencers that how they could turn their, their audience and what they know into a business. And uh, from there, I got into consulting, started doing uh, funnels and ads uh, for a lot of different brands, started working with e-commerce brands and scaling them with, with paid ads. And uh, now I just do acquisitions. I, I buy YouTube channels. I, I build YouTube channels and we flip them. Wow. So there's a lot to unpack there. That's, that's amazing. I find that a lot of entrepreneurs typically do have that kind of path, though. Like we, we kind of dip and dabble in a few different things. Um, Cause I'm, I'm the same way. And I feel like we, the, the knowledge and the skills that we develop with each thing that we try just kind of, you know, accumulate and then it ends up to the next thing and we use it in the next thing and the next thing. Right. So, yeah. <clears throat> so that Absolutely. sounds really, yeah. So that's really cool. You got a pretty interesting background. Um, so how did you get into buying uh, digital assets and especially YouTube channels mm-hmm. specifically? Well, so I kind of skipped some of the story, but um, once I got into consulting, I had I was doing wholesaling. I was wholesaling real estate on the side because I realized that they were pretty much doing the same thing I was doing. You know, it's 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 contact uh, business is a contact sport. Whoever makes the most contact wins. And um, so 
I decided I got to a place where I was stuck at like 30K a month and I was burnt out. And so I actually went to go work for a YouTube ad agency, uh, this company called Ad Outreach. The founder is Alaric Heck, great guy. And he had a channel called AppFine that had no brand to it. Like it was just a voiceover. There was an editor. There was a, uh, he had a writer. And I was like, I've never heard of this before. So you're making 30 grand a month from a YouTube channel that doesn't have anything to do with your brand at all. And so that channel was paying for his living expenses and he was able to build the business because that income just went back into the business. And so I, I got obsessed with it, um, but it kind of dibbled and dabbed. And that was the first time I learned about YouTube as an asset. Uh, I, would, I had course scaled e-commerce brands, but didn't know anyone that was selling any, any uh, brands at all. Like most of the time people, they start these e-commerce brands to just make money. They don't even think about the exit. Uh, a few of my, my clients, I talked about, well, you know, you're making 50K a month now, 70K a month. What's the exit plan? And they're like, oh, I'm going to pass it down to my, my kids. And uh, so nobody really had the plan of exit. And that was the first time that I heard of uh, a digital asset, so to say, um, something cash flowing that you can actually sell without um, putting a brand to it. Yeah, that's true. I find that to be the case as well. Like I noticed that with all the entrepreneurship information that's that's circling the internet right now, we rarely hear about preparing for an exit. Like people are just thinking about how can I just get some cash in, which is understandable. Like we, we need cash, right? But um, it's rare that people think about the exit strategy. So that's something I would love to hear more about, like, you know, online. So that's very interesting. So that's how you got into it. So you touched on something that I really want to ask you about, um, because I find that people, you know, this whole content world that we live in, this information mm -hmm. age, a lot of people are afraid to get on camera, show their face, you know, like people would love to jump in the content game, but a lot of people are just scared to turn that camera on. Um, so you mentioned that you actually worked with someone who had a profitable channel that wasn't, it wasn't tied to his brand at all. So um, is it possible to create a profitable channel that isn't tied to your personal brand? Like, is that a thing? Yes, absolutely. Um, content is the new cash flow. And there's there's an array of channels out there on YouTube that don't have any type of brand to them at all. You may see them sometimes like the we call them top 10 or trending where they take TikTok compilations and they just put a voice actor on them and they're not reinventing the wheel. You know, America's Funniest Home Videos and Ridic Ridiculousness did this, you know, years ago. And we would just tune in and watch these funny clips because we didn't have YouTube back then. And so they would have a, a host and you're watching these videos and laughing. Well, we're doing the same thing on YouTube. Or you may be interested in sports or you may be interested in, in music. And so there's an array of channels out there that are built around content. And, you know, they say use other people's money. I say use other people's content. So we're taking content that has already gone viral and we're just remixing that content and making it original, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Like it sounds like everything, I always say nothing is new. Everything mm -hmm. is just like a modern version of what used to be. Like we went from like radio to TV and now we've gone from TV to being online and watching YouTube. So that's really cool that you said like America's Funniest Home Videos because I remember that show. And mm -hmm. so you can actually have like compile TikTok videos and put that on like one video for people to just watch. Like that sounds really awesome actually. So what are some ways that you can automate a YouTube channel? Because I've seen you actually talking about um, YouTube automation and mm -hmm. that that really like, because 
if you approach YouTube as a business, right, then mm -hmm. at some point as a business owner, you want to figure out how to remove yourself from that business and still have it producing income for you. So how can, right. how can somebody automate a YouTube channel? Okay, great question. So first off, you want to understand there's two types of YouTube channels. So you have a personality channel, and this is Mr. Beast, Grant Cardone, Gary V, where the channel is built around the actual brand. We go to that channel because we like that person. We like the type of content we, they put out. The second type of channel is what I call a cash cow channel. And that channel is built around content. And so if you're going to go in the cash cow world, this is the best world to be in because now you have an asset that can be sold because people, investors want cash flow right now. And if your channel is cash flowing without a brand attached to it, then you can, you can get in and get out. And so if you want to automate a YouTube channel, first thing you need to do is you want to start with the editor. So you have an editor, a, a cash cow channel is broken down with an editor, a voice actor, a thumbnail designer, and a script writer. So a writer writes the script, of course. The editor is going to edit, get all the clips that needs to be taken to put the video together. The voice actor is going to be the one that does the voiceover on the script. And then the thumbnail designer is going to um, make the thumbnail for the video. And so you essentially are just an executive producer. Uh, for example, if you wanted to, let's say you're interested in Beyonce. Well, instead of um, trying to compete with Beyonce and, and creating a channel where you're the one that's talking about Beyonce. You know, now TikTok is very popular with his reaction videos. Well, you could just create, you can go put together a team of, of an, a writer, an editor, a voice actor, and a thumbnail designer, and they can put together a piece around the rise of Beyonce. And so now you have this video that was created and it's automated. The way that you streamline that is systems and processes. And that's what I'm big on. Um, we use a CRM called Trello. And so it's just like Chipotle. You know, you walk into Chipotle, they ask you, what do you want? You can plug anybody into that, that, that job at Chipotle. You have the cash register, like everyone has a certain job. So it's the same way when we're doing YouTube, it's just like an assembly line. So the, the, I give the idea. And then the writer takes that idea and they start doing their research. At the same time, the thumbnail designer is putting together what's the best thumbnail is going to make people want to click on this on this title. And then after the the edit, after the uh, the script is done, then the voice actor hops in there and puts their voiceover on it. When that's done, the editor takes all that information we gave them and they start going to get the clips. And then you have a production. It's really amazing. Um, because I saw Warner Brothers, I believe, just ran out of money and they have they can only do two movies. They're spending millions of dollars to create these productions and we may not even like it. They have to wait until it's done with YouTube. We're able to put out a video every every day. Let's say you put out three videos a week and none of those videos do well. Well, you can test three new ideas the next week, three new ideas the next week. And you're only spending around a thousand dollars or so to do this way less expensive. Yeah, man. Like you, you touched on that. First of all, that just sounds incredibly fascinating because I would have never thought to approach YouTube in that way. And you touched on something really cool about, uh, with Warner brothers, like running out of money. And so they can, they have to build something or film something and they don't know if we're going to like it. And that's really my perspective on uh, business in general is like you, mm -hmm. starting a business is so difficult um, and you could start a business and get to the point where you know you've invested all this money in it but you're still not profitable 
and that's the case for many businesses and that's why a lot of them end up failing so you get to first of all you get to iterate quicker with youtube mm-hmm. um, but as far as like acquiring a youtube channel you don't have to think about like um or, or maybe you do you tell me you don't have to really think about okay what kind of content would people want to see you kind of get to come into a channel that's already has people watching it or already at least has you know keywords uh high keyword search volume and things like that so people are already mm-hmm. looking for that content and you can kind of see that um, when you're looking to acquire a youtube channel so how do you find because i know you buy and you build uh youtube channels so how do you find youtube channels for sale like that's something i never see mm-hmm. well yeah so there's there's not a lot of um marketplaces for youtube channels yet um there's one place you can go to called players players up and well if you don't if you don't know anything about let's say you have some capital and you want to buy a youtube channel right the first thing you can do is of course go to google and you can say youtube channels for sale and they'll probably give you a site let's see i'm actually doing this in real time so they'll give you okay accsmarket.com right that's one place i wouldn't recommend that marketplace just because there's a lot of scams on there. Um, and so if you've never bought a channel before, you don't want to get scammed out of, you know, let's say you're spending 10, 20, $30,000. Um, you also have fame swap. That place is reputable, but there's also a lot of scams in there as well. Um, and then you have player up player up is a, is a great marketplace to buy channels. Um, I bought some from there. Um, and then there's trust IU, which is uh, a, a one I usually don't give that one, but I'll give that one just just for you. Uh, it's it's called Trust IU, so that's T R U S T I U, and uh, we buy a ton of channels from them. But of course, it's just like real estate. If you're buying it uh, on the MLS multiple listing service, if you're buying it on market, that means that there's more competition and it's going to be a higher price. So you're going to pay a higher multiple. The best place to get a channel is off market. So going to YouTube, looking at choosing a niche. So say you're doing sports, looking at every football channel, basketball channel, and taking note of the email address, reach out to the email, uh, to the owner via email, and then ask them if they're interested in selling their channel. That's the first step is getting interest. Do they actually want to sell the channel? And um, usually when I buy a channel off market, they actually own two or three more channels, sometimes 15 more channels. So it's just like buying absentee uh, real estate from an absentee owner. They have these properties, they're a tired landlord, and they're ready to just get rid of them. And they'll, they'll give them to you for a quick cash offer. Wow. So yeah, that's, that's definitely helpful. So you guys, if you're interested in looking for YouTube channels for sale, he definitely just gave you some game right there. Um, so when you're looking for deals, like what are a few high level data points that would signal that it could be a good investment? Like, when you're looking at a channel and like you're just pulling something up, what you know data points are you looking at that you can look at and say, okay, this might be something I should look into buying? Yeah, so it's really tough um, when you're trying to buy a channel uh, on YouTube, just looking at the channel. First thing I look at is, is, is are they posting content now? Is the content relevant? Um, if I see a channel that had mil- millions of views, but they haven't uploaded in a year or two, I may reach out to the owner because that either means they have other channels or they're just not focused on this channel at the moment and they may want to sell it. So that's a good indicator is they have, they have some viral videos, but they haven't uploaded in at least a year. Uh, another thing I look for is views, of course, because I know that views are, is, is revenue. So the more views you're getting, the more, the more money the channel is making. Uh, so just right off the bat, I'm looking at 
views. I'm looking at um, how long they uploaded and then subscribers. Because I'm, of course, you can buy channels that have play buttons already. So if they have a million subs, that's a gold play button. If they have 100,000 subs, that's a silver play button. Um, and then, of course, if they actually want to say, if they have their uh, email in the about section, so I can actually reach out to them. Out of curiosity, are they gonna are they gonna ship that play button to you after you buy it? Do you get that? No. So if they haven't redeemed all their play buttons, you can actually um, have YouTube send you one. Um, and I'll actually, uh, if we have time, I actually talk about uh, some deals that I did that actually turned out bad, and I learned lessons from them because you know a lot of people talk about the good, they never want to talk about the bad, and so I like to talk about the ugly as well. I've seen it all. Yeah, I'm, I bet you have. And definitely we could touch on that in a second here, because I actually do want to know, like, would you consider um, buying channels that haven't yet been monetized? I've had people reach out to try to sell me channels. Uh, actually, I have a deal right now in the pipeline. The channel is um, it's just got monetized, but it's in review and I can't make a channel. I like to buy cash flow. So for me, if I'm buying a channel that's not bringing in revenue, I might as well have my team just build it. Because I know that we have our systems and processes in place and we're going to build a good channel. So more than likely, I won't buy a channel that's not bringing in any revenue. So what aspects of a channel would you need to perform due diligence on? Like you touched on just high level, the views and the subscribers and things like that. But let's say you reached out to the seller. They're open to selling. Like what information are you requesting from mm -hmm. them? Just like a, a couple things that you want to mm -hmm. uh, look at to perform due diligence on. And then maybe you can talk about something that uh, you maybe didn't perform diligence on or you did, but it still, it kind of mm -hmm. backfired. So you can talk about mm -hmm. one of those deals that kind of went wrong. Yeah. So since this is kind of new, right? YouTube acquisitions is kind of new. Um, there's, I don't have like a mentor or someone that can tell me, hey, this is the questions you need to ask. So um, doing enough deals, I now have my own. Uh, it's it's kind of like a, a lead form where they have to fill out this form because one, I want to know if they're serious about selling. If they are, they'll go through and give me all the data that I need. So just kind of going through a quick uh, overview of what I ask. Of course, I want to know the industry. So what's the niche? Um, their asking price, what do they want to sell for? When are they looking to sell? So if they're looking to sell in a year, are they looking to sell ASAP? Uh, are they open to seller financing? That's a big one because I have a channel um, on seller financing right now. And so a lot of people that own these, these channels that are making a good amount of revenue and they want, you know, like 400,000 plus, they're willing to take um, some down payment money. Um, also, I also ask the reason for selling. Uh, why do they want to sell the channel? I look for uh, last six months ad revenue because that kind of gives me a picture of uh, what are we working with now? What do we need to, uh, what can we fix? Um, does the channel bring in any additional revenue from brand or sponsor deals? So that lets me know, okay, if you're making five grand a month, you also make another two grand a month from this sponsor deal. And this, this deal is uh, for a year contract. So it's good to know that as well. Um, does the channel come with content creators? So you don't want to buy a channel that doesn't come with the content creators because now you, you basically just buying something that you're going to, you could have just built you have to go put another team together. I want the team to stay together. They've been doing a great job. Do they come, does this channel come with the team? Um, also expenses. So how much is the, is the writer? How much is the editor? How much is the voice actor? And how much is the thumbnail designer? And then I'll ask them um, traffic source. 
is the traffic coming from um, the homepage of YouTube? So we call that browse features is most majority of traffic coming from YouTube search, because now I know that's an evergreen channel, meaning that their content will be relevant two, three years from now. So those are actually great channels because it's always going to cash flow. And then I asked them um, how many, how many subs? And then um, a, a big metric I look at the top three is CTR, uh, average view duration, and then CPM, RPM. And I can get into that um, if you want me to. Wow, yeah. So it's definitely a lot of information that you need to, to perform diligence on. So just right. like with any other asset, I mean, with real estate, uh, me being in e-com acquisitions, like definitely uh, you got to perform that due diligence to make sure that you're getting a good channel. So why don't you tell us a brief, a quick story about uh, a deal that went wrong or maybe a channel, a distressed channel that didn't work out the way you wanted it to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I mentioned CTR. I know some people may not know what CTR is. So CTR is click-through rate. Click-through rate is just imagine you're on Netflix and you're on the homepage of Netflix and you, you're exposed to these different shows and movies. And all you can see is the title. You see the thumbnail and a brief description. Well, that's an impression. You, you've come in, you've seen that. Now, if you click it, that affects the click-through rate. So it's it's the same thing with YouTube. You're on the homepage of YouTube and you see all these different videos you can click on. Those are impressions. You've seen it, but you didn't click it. Click-through rate is, you want that, that's your attention meter. You want that high because that means that your thumbnail and title is very good. Um, your average view duration is how long can you keep attention? So how long people are actually watching the video? You got their attention, but are, are you actually keeping it? And so those are two very important metrics. And then CPM is cost per milli and RPM is revenue per milli. Cost per milli is just cost per thousand views. So this is what YouTube is charging the advertiser to place their ads on YouTube and revenue per milli is how much we make per thousand views. So for example, if an advertiser, their CPM is $10, um, your RPM is more likely gonna be about four or $5 because YouTube takes about a 40 to 45% cut. So you're getting about four to $5 per thousand views that your that your video is getting. So very three, those are three most important things, I would say uh, what the CTR is, if, is, if if the channel is getting attention, if the current videos are getting attention, average viewer duration is the um, is the team good? That depends on how great your team is. Are they able to put together a video that uh, is getting is keeping attention? And then, uh, of course, how much you're getting paid? You don't want to get in in a niche that you have to make you have to do 20 million views just to make five grand. So what are some what are some typical deal structures like for YouTube channel acquisitions? Because I know you can get pretty creative. Anytime we get into uh, acquisitions, you know, private equity, things like that, there's so many different deal structures that you can play around with to get the deal done. Um, so what are typical deal structures like for a YouTube mm -hmm. channel? Is it like typically all cash or you mentioned seller financing. So um, give me give me an example of a deal structure that you can utilize with YouTube acquisitions. Yeah, so um, one channel that we we purchase on seller financing is the uh, it's in the electric vehicle Tesla um, niche, and this channel was making quarter four is always the best time for YouTube, of course, because more advertisers are spending more money and YouTube is paying out more money. So the channel we knew the potential of it is around 17, 18 grand. That's the highest it can make, right? 
on the low end, it was doing around three to four K a month. And so the channel owner, he eventually, the seller wanted about 155,000 for the channel. So the original deal we worked out was uh, we would give 15,000, 15, five down. So 15,500 down, and then we would uh, finance it for 36 months. Um, and then, so the goal of that was to pay, of course, pay the channel off with the revenue from the channel, pay the team, pay the, the debt, and then whatever else is left, we keep. Well, there was a big, uh, there was a huge decline. Um, there was a lot of competition that came into Elon. There's a lot of competition that came into the EV space. And so um, as soon as we made that down payment, the channel just flopped, right? It made like, I think $1,100. The next month it did like $1,500. And so we restructured the deal to um, $65,000 over 12 months. And, and so now the channel's revamped. Uh, we, we ended up bringing in a new team, um, some of my in-house content creators. So we brought in a new team, um, brought in some, they, they revitalized the channel. Last month, they did around $5,400. And so now we're able to start covering that debt. Um, but sometimes with these deals, you have to be ready to put your own money in. And I can talk about, once again, like a, a deal that, that went sour and I had to put my own money in and um, it, it it can get ugly if you don't, don't do your due diligence. Share a story with us about a deal that went bad. Yeah. So I'm actually like, I build my, my background is building the channel. So I, I didn't start out buying channels. So I built channels and I, I knew I, I started this process. Uh, I know I have these these iron class systems in place. And so I'm like, okay, I'm ready to start buying channels now. And I buy this uh, NBA channel, this basketball channel, and I pay like eight grand for it. Um, well, I didn't, I didn't think to ask who's the original team that comes with it. So I just bought the channel and I was like, I'm going to just put my own team to it. Ended up uh, putting my team to it. The channel was like flopping. Like it, when I bought it, it was making a 1,000 to 2,000 a month profit. Buy this channel, like the next month after did like $37. The next month did like $57. And I'm like, okay, like I'm I'm drowning. What's going on? So I went through like two or three teams, um, two or three content creators. And I decided to um to not reinvent the wheel. I looked, I'm like, you know what? There's someone out here that has a basketball channel that's already doing well. Let's just do what they're doing. And so I made, I recreated better ideas. I went to that channel, recreated better ideas, and the channel eventually started re recouping. So I got to like the $400 a month range. Um, but yeah, on that deal, lost money. Um, it's still currently being uh, repaired. And you have to kind of look at it like real estate. Uh, if you're flipping a, a property, that's the stress. Most of the time you're spending like 40 grand plus to, to revamp uh, a property. Um, with this, it's not as bad. Um, I spent like two or three grand uh, all in like 12K. And so it wasn't like a, a heartbreaking loss. But um, I had another channel, another deal, uh, soccer channel. And this channel I actually raised the money. So I didn't come out of my pocket at all. Uh, so that's another strategy too. You can you can get channels without using your own money if you know what you're doing. So this channel um, was $30,000 and raised the capital and it ended up, so I was told that the channel was going to come with the creators. I was told that the channel um, had a sponsor deal that would last a year. And so the channel was, the expenses was covered by the sponsorship deal. So everything made from the channel, from the ad revenue was all profit. Well, as soon as we signed the deal, get the channel, 
uh, the sponsor just disappeared. Like apparently the contract was already over. And so for three months, I'm coming out of pocket paying expenses for the team. Um, also, it was supposed to come with a play button. Come to find out that uh, the previous owner kind of he had a channel get banned uh, from YouTube. And so he it's not eligible for a play button. And so uh, didn't get the play button, had to come out of pocket for a couple of months uh, from the sponsorship deal. And so, as you can imagine, that that was uh, an ugly deal. But I read um actually the story of BlackRock um, Capital. I actually think the book is over there. It's King of Capital, King of Capital. And I looked at how many times they raised money and they failed. Like they they were at the brink of bankruptcy many times. And so that's what kind of just remembering that story in that book, remembering the, the story of, of of Blackstone and and how they were able to continue to keep going and, and now be what they are. That just kept me going uh, when I think about the bad deals. That's so interesting. I'm, I'm listening to you talk and I'm thinking about the similarities um, that I've experienced and heard uh, other people experience with e-commerce acquisitions. Like um, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's so funny to think about it. It actually kind of, it gives me comfort to know that it's not like, it really doesn't matter the asset class mm-hmm. um, deals can go wrong. Um, so you definitely, you definitely have to hedge your bets and, and mm-hmm. see how you can turn things around. And I agree with you. That is also something that I thought about. Um, I, I bought a distressed uh, e-commerce business. Well, it wasn't distressed when I bought it, but it didn't work out too great afterward. Um, and one of the things I did was think about, okay, what do the big boys do? Like, what mm-hmm. do the KKRs do, right? Like, what are the, the people who are raising millions and billions of dollars to acquire these businesses? Do they always work out? And if you do your research, you see that, no, it doesn't always work out. Sometimes they end up having to have a garage sale where they just break it up and sell off the assets that they can that are still worth something and then just, you know, chalk it up to some losses. So I definitely do think that um, if you're going to play this game and, and, and acquire assets, whether they're, they're digital assets or any other type of asset, you need to know what you're doing, but also understand that it is an investment and that there is some risk involved. So you yeah. talked about you, you, you had your, your team. And so you, when you were ready to start buying YouTube channels, you were like, I got the playbook. Like, I know how I'm, I know what I'm going to do. Um, so I'm curious, like, what are a few ways that you can scale a YouTube channel? So say you buy one what's like a couple things that you're thinking out of your playbook that you can immediately put to to work and and grow the channel yeah first thing is it's all metrics because i can sit here all day and say well i can what i can do but you get humbled by numbers right men lie women lie numbers don't so um going back to that click-through rate and going back to the average view duration i'm looking at is this channel already getting attention okay the click-through rate is um seven percent above uh, well, actually, I'll give you there's a there's a formula because YouTube is just an algorithm. There's a formula for going viral and it's seven percent click the rate. So if your video is seven percent or above with click the rate and your um, audience retention rate is 40 percent or more. So if you have an eight minute video and they're watching at least four minutes or more of that video, then you're in you're in the green zone and then an eight minute video. So I know there's a lot of questions about how long a video should be. Should it be five minutes, 10 minutes? Eight minutes or more is what you want your videos to be. So if you keep those metrics good, you you have potential for a viral viral video. And so when I'm scaling, I'm looking at okay, can we can we make our click through rates better? Let's bring in a better thumbnail designer. Can we make our um, 
is the retention right there. If not, bring in a better writer. Um, is the voice actor, is the tone good for this type of video? If we're doing documentary, I want like a Morgan Freeman type of voiceover. Something that's going to keep you intrigued. Um, what is the, the music? Is the music on point with the edit? So I'm looking at something deeper. But if you just want some quick, like ways to scale, um, team, niche. So you can scale, uh, you can create another channel in the same niche. So if I have a, a basketball channel, I can create another basketball channel and like niche down. Maybe it could just be about LeBron or maybe it could just be about like Jordan. Uh, you can also um, do affiliate, of course. So if you have, I have a make money online channel. Well, with that channel to scale it, we're just going to, because it's all search volume, you just put um, affiliate links in the description or you can sell your own course. So you can scale that way. You can also scale with um, doing POD, print on demand. So that's e-commerce. If you have a sports channel or you have an audience that really likes your brand you built around your, your cash cow channel, you can start selling apparel uh, and then brand deals. So once your channel gets to a certain level, about 30 plus, 30,000 plus subs, you'll start having brands reach out. And a lot of times we don't take it. Um, but if it's a bigger brand like Skillshare paid us $800 for one 45 second ad placement. Um, and that's on the low end, you know, that channel has like 60,000 subs. And so you think about what a channel that has a million subs is getting paid if they want to place a 45 second, 30 to 45 second ad placement on their videos. So that's a way to scale is uh team niche down, uh, course or affiliate selling some type of uh, online product, uh, e-commerce, you can do print on demand and then brand deals, sponsor deals. Fascinating. So if you owned uh, an e-commerce brand already and you just wanted to get some more customers um, without having to spend more on ads and things like that, like you could just acquire a YouTube channel that is maybe in that niche um, and, mm -hmm. and link your, I think Shopify actually just released a new feature where they're linking YouTube channels to Shopify stores so people can just click and buy things from the channel. So right. wow, that's an excellent way. Yeah, right. that's a, that sounds we, like a. We, really we do that way. in the we do that in the gadget space. Uh, you will see a lot of cash cow channels that um if they're doing affiliate marketing, they'll do like top ten gadgets or interesting gadgets, and they take like products that are already trending online, and they just do like content around that, and then people are like, oh, that's interesting. You can actually see where to buy it. So that's a that's a that's a trick there. If somebody wants to make some good money in e commerce. Um, create a cash cow channel in the technology space, or uh, it could be in the home space. It could be in the trending space. It can be in the lawn. It could be in the hunting space. If you're doing fishing or camping, you can um, do content around camping and take viral content that's already out there and then start selling the product. Man, you're giving us too much game. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. So, okay. So say I own a YouTube channel. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. So I'm actually, you know, I got some ad revenue coming in. I'm monetized. I got a good subscriber base and all mm -hmm. that. How can I actually prepare my channel for a potential exit? Yeah. So um, to be honest, a lot of people that sell their channels, they don't, I've had people sell a channel that they were paying their team with Zelle. And so if you want to sell a channel to a, to a sophisticated investor, make sure you have systems and processes in place. I track everything. So I have operations manual. If you ever bought a channel for me, I have operations manual in place. So you know exactly who the content creators are, their first and last name, how they accept payment, when they get paid, um, their Discord information. I have the schedule that they go by for uploading. I have um, 
the metrics for the channel. So every month there's there's metrics. Any video that's put out, we have the metrics for that. So you know if there's uptrend or downtrend. Um, but most people look at the day-to-day. -day. I don't look at the day-to-day -day for my channel. Um, I do log in, of course, to see what's going on and make sure um, the content is what it needs to be at. But I look at quarterly. Are we growing you know, positive 5%, 10%? What's the growth rate um, that we're going into? So if you're going to sell your channel, just make sure that you track everything. Make sure you have everything organized. So you have operations manual. You have your team in place. Um, the, the content, you have your Trello board set up. So just make sure all of that is in place. Uh, and then if you're going to sell, make sure you do it with a trusted source. So a middleman uh, like escrow.com or use that site, Trust.iu, or you can, um, my Facebook community, YouTube automation community on Facebook, you can, I buy and sell channels there. So I list any channels that are available and they've been vetted by me in, in my process. So you'll know that you're getting a great asset. That's incredibly helpful. So uh, is there anything that you want to share as far as like something that I did ask you that you just want people to be aware of an opportunity or anything like that um, as it relates to what you're working on right now? And also where can people find you um, if there's anything that you can or that they, they can reach out to you to get help from? Yeah, absolutely. I would say um, have depth of vision. And uh, Bill Gates, a lot of Elon Musk, a lot of them have great depth of vision, right? They're able to see something for what it could be. Don't just get on YouTube and, and just sit there and be entertained. Don't get on TikTok and just sit there and be entertained. See where we're actually going with social media, right? YouTube is the new television. Podcast is the new radio. Twitter is the, is the world's largest newspaper. Understand that Twitter is not just Twitter. And so see social media for the potential that it has and start building a business around um, something that's, that's not going anywhere. Like a lot of people get into e-com automation, trucking automation, right? Automation is the future, but understand that if you're going to build a business, then build a business where there's already demand there. A lot of people try to like, I'm going to just start a podcast or I'm just going to start a YouTube channel. I want to be the next Kim K, the next biggest, biggest influencer. Understand who you're competing against. And are you going to put in that time and, and think you're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to eat crap for like two, three, four years. Like I was putting out content. You can go to my YouTube. I was putting out content when I was sleeping on my mom's floor. So you have to understand that this takes time. But if you want to skip that stage, um, then you can start building content around people that already have demand around them. And so the fastest way from point A to point B is a straight line. So if you want help, uh, if you want to learn more information about YouTube automation, if you want to learn um, more about maybe you have a channel you want to scale or maybe you want to sell me a channel, you can find, find me on Instagram at William Beard underscore. That's W-I-L-L-I-A-M. B-E-A-I-R-D underscore. Um, Twitter, same thing, at William Beard underscore. I also have my YouTube automation community uh, on Facebook. And if you want a free playbook for tuning in, this is just for your audience. I'm going to, I'm only giving away free copies. Uh, I have the YouTube automation playbook. And so you can get that at youtubeautomationplaybook.com forward slash playbook. Awesome. Thank you so much. And y'all be sure to tap in. He just gave you guys a ton of resources. And if you want to get in this YouTube game, which I mean, I see, I'm seeing everybody trying to hop in right now. So um, especially with the social media algorithm switching up and all that, people complaining about Instagram, like there's so much opportunity um, outside of these other social media channels. Like you can really... Uh, build an empire really that's what that's what it sounds like William is doing and so definitely tap in with him thank you so much for coming onto the show and sharing with us so much information absolutely thank you for having me it was a pleasure
Thank you. All right, guys. So stay tuned. Um, definitely tap in with William and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. That's it for this episode. Be sure to check out the entrepreneurcheatcode.com to find links to resources that will help you get started on your journey to buying an online business. Until next time.